All right, well, welcome everybody to our second installment of uh, a series of uh, interviews. They're going to be posted live on Facebook and on our website and also podcasts that you can find at the Sovereign Hope. Um, you can find on your podcast store, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Google, just by searching Sovereign Hope Church. And in this unique season of COVID-19, there's all sorts of things that are uh, amplified about the Christian life and even about just practical life that we want to come and say that, hey, uh, Christians should have a unique view on this. And so um, hopefully tomorrow we actually have one um, coming out with Scott Mel talking about discipleship uh, in a digital COVID-19 era. Uh, but today we have the privilege of talking about what does it look like to work from home uh, and even do school from home in this time in a way that actually matters, in a way that makes the best use of the time for the glory of God, the good of your work, and for your own mental sanity. And so I have joining us today... Um, uh, a member and a dear friend of my wife and I, we have Jesslyn Kassoon. She's married to Stephen Kassoon, who's the uh, interim director of GCF and is also uh, a pastoral resident at the church. And so I'm going to let Jesslyn just introduce herself, her family, uh, where you're at right now even, and then uh, what your work history has been up until this point. Sure. Thanks, Tyler. Um, so yeah, as Tyler mentioned, I'm married to Stephen, and we've been married for now. This will be our 10-year anniversary. We actually say this is a big year because we're 10 years married, and we're also turning 30, which will be great in this um, time of spending lots of time together. Um, and no, not many many adventures. But. And we also have a eight or almost two-year-old um, toddler that definitely keeps us on our toes and crazy, but brings lots of joy during this time of um, being a little more isolated from everyone else. Um, and then as Tyler mentioned, I also, um, I went to the University of Montana at the business school and graduated from the MIS program. And I, we decided to take a job at KPMG. Um, so I worked for KPMG for about three years. And um, at the time I worked in IT audit. Um, so helping um, audit, um, external audit of big uh, corporations. And then Stephen got offered a job with GCF. And so we moved back to Missoula and I worked for them remotely for a little bit, but started as I call it like dating local companies. I actually, this is kind of funny. I was not, um, I did not enjoy working from home all the time and doing it for six months straight, which we might be doing again, which is okay. But if I had the choice, I'd prefer to be in an office with people. And so I started um, looking at local companies. Um, and ATG really stood out as a local consulting firm um, so I started going through a round of interviews with them um, and decided to start working with them. And I started with them three years ago now. Um, so I, um, I've played a variety of different roles um, in what we call delivery, where we um, sell our services to a firm and then we go and implement or do um, advisory and the consulting side on their systems, people, and processes. Um, and then I started working in the sales side um, where I go and help to set up those structures of work. Um, and then we recently got acquired by a huge global consulting firm called Cognizant that's public. So it's kind of funny, too, going from KPMG to Missoula, then getting acquired by this huge global consulting firm and still having the opportunity to work for Missoula. But it's been an awesome opportunity to work with that company. And um, I my job is working between those two companies. So anything we sell on the ETG side, which is quote to cash services um, and consulting, helping sell it into the big Cognizant corporations. So I have the opportunity to work with our front end solution engineering team in doing that. You've had a lot of context in a lot of different um, 
ways and a lot of different people, uh, like especially when you think of a company that's been bought out on a global scale and you're in Missoula, Montana, there's going to be levels of um, internet-based communication, working from home, distant stuff that is just innate to what it is that you're doing, which is now amplified all the more so with the stay-at-home orders. Um, and so uh, these stay-at-home orders, these working from home things, they do provide benefits in a lot of ways. And we'll talk about that. You're actually with family down in Reno right now. You're not in Missoula, um, caring for them in this time, but there's also challenges with it too. And the first thing we want to talk about is uh, there's all sorts of resources out there about um, working from home, but Christians have a unique resource in that everything we do, like our motto at Sovereign Hope is gospel change for all of life. Everything we do is changed, influenced, and enhanced by what we believe about Jesus and what he's done in our life and the call to glorify God in all things. So for you, uh, when you think about working from home, the blessings and the hardships that brings, how does the gospel influence that and shape how you think of it? Yeah, I think um, you talked about this really well in your sermon two weeks ago, and I know we talked about it in our community group, um, but what um, Paul says in Colossians about um, and everything we do, uh, doing it for God and not for man, um, and you can correct me too, I'm pretty sure that's it, but... Uh, yes, that, you should glorify God. Okay, good. <laughs> You're on the right Correct on that. <laughs> um, but that... Um, it's easy when we're working from home to um, just hide our calendars, our schedules, and to not have integrity um, in what we do. And even at ATG, we say integrity is one of our core values. And so really having integrity in all that we do. And um, for us as Christians, too, that's working for God and not for man. So having integrity um, to God, not to just my boss and my work um, and that I am. And that's a hard balance. I know we talk about mom, even being a mom, mom guilt a lot. And how do I balance that? I have a lot of different priorities in my life. I have my priority to God for foremost, and then I have my priority to my husband and my daughter, and then to my work. And how do I hold those in balance when my daughter's maybe screaming in the next room and won't go take a nap? And I have an important call I have to take. And uh, that's a struggle of how do I do that well? Um, or when a lot of people are hurting um, or going through a difficult time right now, it's hard to, how do I prioritize caring for my community group well too and sharing the gospel for them or even my coworkers um, when I still do have the integrity or I need to work um, and do that for the glory of God. And so making sure I am having integrity, making sure I'm setting, I think uh, we'll talk about this more, I know later, but structures in place just to help with that and setting the time aside and priorities of, it just helps my mind be like, this is what I'm going to do during this time. And then these two hours, I'm really going to focus on my work. And this time I'm going to go out and play with my child for 30 minutes and that's okay. But having those structures in place so that I can have integrity in what I do and making sure I am putting in the time needed. And I think integrity too is being honest. We're not, um, we're finite and not infinite, and it's easy to just be everything to all of man, and we can't be. And so making sure that um, I'm setting expectations on what I can do and what I can't do. And it's easy for me to take on too much, and it's really hard to say no, but the art of saying no and like setting expectations of when it can be done. And even during this time, probably it's better to take say it's just going to be slower, and it's slower for everyone right now, and that's okay, and that doesn't mean we're failing. So even the fear of man or fear of God, I've struggled with that in the past. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's a unique, with all that too, um, I think there's a unique reality to where um, 
your coworkers get to see the like as you put it, they get to see the the finite version of you even at home. Like just because we're Christian doesn't mean that we have kids that won't barge in uh, in the middle of a video call, or we won't have a house that's got dishes piling up behind us, um, or bad internet, or whatever that is. And in one sense, it shows this humanity that we are um, we are in the world wrestling with the exact same things you guys are. Um, we just have a hope that we want you to share in. And I think that's really uh, important when you talk about integrity. Um, even with our kids, we're always talking about, hey, even if mom and dad aren't here, um, you might think mom and dad are pleased, but the greatest thing is pleasing God and God knows what's done in secret. But there's also something that I think a lot of Christians miss is that our work does have value in terms of um, who you work with. I would say um, there's, uh, there's a number of things that matter when we think about our work and that's who you work with because with all those people you have the ability to um, share the gospel with them uh, to disciple uh, them if they're Christian to encourage them regardless of where they're at in life um, there's where you get to do it in whatever community you're in and that involves uh, the churches you get to participate in when you're in that place a lot of people prioritize jobs above churches um, but thinking in terms of church includes a large or work includes a large portion of my week, but a church family is essential too. And God made us to work. We saw work in the garden. I imagine that in the new heavens and the new earth, we're going to work, but we're going to have work that is not frustrated by thorns and thistles and hard ground that, that sin complicated. And so at the bottom of just about every job we do is actually a witness um, to what life will be like in the new heavens and the new earth. And for you, in whether it's promoting systems that flow seamlessly and help maximize things, uh, it actually provides us an opportunity, not just to say, this is uh, an integrity move, but also if I'm able to do this well from home, the product of my work matters. The product of my work actually displays uh, what life will be like in the new heavens and earth, where we're able to care for people effectively. And the new heavens and the earth, God is able to care for us effectively because we are present before God. And so whether that's delivering food, whether that's caring for people, whether that's setting up structures. Um, and even when it comes to students who are learning, um, we're always going to be doing things like that. I don't think in eternity we're going to exhaust even the well of learning about God. We're going to spend the rest of our lives learning and it's going to be joyful. And so as we participate in these things, we're reminded that there are there is innate value even inside of our work. And so that brings like this twofold um, pillar to what it is you're doing, that it matters to God. But then uh, your attitude and your integrity matter to God, but then your work actually matters to God. And when we think of both those things, uh, the isolated, secretive realm of the corner of our house where we're working from home actually becomes a place where we get to worship God through everything. Um, so with that, we want to work well because it matters to God. We want to work well because it's windows into eternity. Um, what does that look like? How can I do that well? I'm used to working in the office. I'm used to having even schedules dictated for me. What are some practical structure, um, tangible steps that you would recommend for people who are trying to make this work? Yeah, I think there's a lot of great resources out there and just setting up structures and it can almost be overwhelming on which model you choose. Um, but even just having one model, I think, and sticking with it is really helpful. And so I, for me, it's making sure it's easy for my schedule to control me instead of me outlining my schedule and really driving what my week's going to look like. 
surprise means fly in and if I'm gonna go cook something and it takes two hours or I'm gonna go play for a while or I'm gonna do four hours on this detailed thing when I actually needed to prioritize this other thing. So just making sure at the beginning of the week you're really planning out your week and calendar and schedule um, and where your priorities are. Um, we talked about a little bit earlier, but making sure you have those outlined in your calendar and schedule and you're setting those expectations. Um, so even, I know Daniel has a really good method. We joked about all of you can email Daniel for his awesome method and he can help all of you, um, but it is great. I know he's helped my husband a lot who is not organized or detailed and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but even making sure if you're taking everything out of your mind and putting it on your calendar, it's really helpful. So you don't have to have that to-do list running through your mind and you can really concentrate on what you're working on in that moment and really be there. Or even if you're cooking dinner or playing outside with your kids, you're okay with that time because you have space and time in your calendar to do everything else with integrity you need to do. And you have set those proper expectations. So without that planning and setting those expectations and really laying out your entire week, then and it's harder to do that. Um, for me too, I think it depends the type of job you have. Um, the position I'm in, I have things come up a lot and I have new requests come in weekly on what I need to do. So I fail in my planning if I don't allocate space for that. So if I allocate time and like I know probably an hour each day or sometimes two hours each day on heavy days, I'm going to need time to do tasks that just came in the door and respond to emails timely and get that done. So it's really helped me in saying because of the job I'm in, I need space for those things that are just going to come up on a 24-hour basis. On a workday, I think that's one. But to answer your question on more of a home basis, um, even in caring for Harper, or caring for my grandparents um, that are battling cancer here in Reno right now. It's helpful if everyone's just on the same schedule in the same way, it helps set expectations. So I don't have to be like, when are you going to have coffee or wake up? When are you going to have breakfast? But we can be like, hey, we're all gonna make breakfast at this time, it'll be ready at this time. Then if you need to go do other things in this free time, this is what our schedule's gonna look like. We're gonna go grocery shopping on these days. So those structures in place really just help us operate. I know at ATG, we recently had a lunch and learn on kids and working from home. And I've seen a lot of great calendars created for kids that are a little bit older on like, hey, this is our daily schedule. We wake up and we brush our teeth and do our bed at this time. Then we all eat breakfast. And then here's the kid's schedule and mommy's working during this time. And then we're all going to eat lunch together from this time. And then at the end, mama's in work in the afternoon. Here's your playtime and your screen time. And then at the end at four o'clock, we'll go outside and play. So then as a mom too, I can set up my calendar and say, okay, lunch is blocked out with my kids. I'm doing breakfast at this time and I'm going outside at this time. And then I have my work blocks in between in order to make sure I'm productive. And a joy home too is I can work late at night when the kids are in bed if I need to, early in the morning when they wake up. So really find the schedule that works best for you. Yeah, and I know for me, um, my kids are, are young enough. I only have one whose school's been disrupted by um, kind of the staying at home thing. But it's a really practical way to care for my wife um, to say, hey, I'm going to go do this. And it's going to take me three hours and I'm going to be in my office. And I say goodbye to my kids. I, they give me hugs and kisses. And then I like just walk behind the wall into my office. Um, but the other thing that I'm really bad at and I want to encourage people who are working from home to do is um, to actually schedule, like communicate with your spouse in terms of this is, I'm doing something in my office right now, but sometimes I'll go out and I'll spend time with them, but I'll still have my phone on me and, and then I'll be checking email or I'll be responding to a Slack or I'll be um, 
uh, watching a video that I needed to, uh, and I'm there, but I'm not really there. And that's how it can be. It can actually, you'll feel fine with it, but your family will begin to like loathe your work because you're never actually with them. And so scheduling those times, like you said, where now I'm going to take an hour and a half after lunch and I'm going to be with my family, but be there, be fully there um, so that when you are working, you can be fully there at work. And having those healthy patterns, uh, I think, is really helpful. Uh, when it comes to, to learning, I did most of my master's degree uh, online. And I think those things are just as key. Like it's easy for us to say, well, it's all video, I'll watch it at night, or it's all audio lectures, I'll do it at night. And like 11.45 comes and we're trying to watch three hours of video and 15 minutes worth of time. Uh, and so it does take the discipline of actually scheduling things. And what I found is if I'm dedicated to sitting down and scheduling time to watch the lectures and to take notes, uh, it works like a normal class. I don't have to spend a lot of time outside of that trying to um, supplement learning that I skipped or wasn't really paying attention to. And so that means don't have Twitter open. That means don't have Facebook open. That means don't be trying to uh, help your kid with his math homework while you're trying to listen to a lecture. Uh, it really means to the degree you can protecting those time periods. And then another thing that's really helpful, and I know you've talked about this um, too, Jess, is uh, I use, uh, it, it might lend itself more to people who are doing content creation or project specific things and those who are managers. Uh, it's called Deep Work. Uh, there's a book out by, by Cal Newport, but it basically looks at what best practices and what even our, our physiology, um, how we learn and grow best. And so his kind of thesis is uh, the brain is like a muscle and it kind of gets warmed up. Like it's the first 15 minutes you're doing jumping jacks and then you can begin to run. And it's not until you're fully warmed up that your brain is actually in the zone of thinking deeply, uh, absorbing information. And so he says to do deep work, you need um, kind of at least two hours uh, of designated think time towards it. And so for me, even when it comes to writing sermons from home, uh, I actually have given Sarah three, four hour blocks um, throughout the week that I'm like, this is time where uh, if you let me have these four, these three blocks of four hours, I generally think I can get all the things done I need to in there, um, which seems daunting to you sometimes if you're not, you're not worse to used to working for those long periods. It can seem daunting to a spouse or to kids to consider that. But what happens generally is if you can't protect that, it ends up being you know, eight hours of time broken up in 20 minute blocks, 30 minute blocks, 45 minute blocks, but you don't ever get into a rhythm of actually doing something. And so it doesn't work for everybody. It does work for some people. Um, and so if that is of a benefit and you're able to do that, it's been really effective to me. It's something that we teach to all of our GCF students because it helps free up time for discipleship if they can actually have good uh, metrics and measurements for homework as well. And then you, you had, uh, I want to ask one more question kind of about our attitude at the end here. And so maybe in five minutes we'll finish, but what are just some practical pointers you can give? Um, you talked about the importance of just getting to know whatever online web, online web conferencing you're using. What are some things we should familiarize ourselves with uh, in order to not constantly slam our heads against the wall? <laughs> yeah, I think, um Anytime you are getting into the business world, it's typically something we have to learn. And so someone who's not used to working from home, it's a learning curve and it's something um, you definitely have to learn and teach and you get used to with time. But there's some tips and tricks that are just really helpful. So um, getting used to, as you said, 
the video conferencing system you're using, whether that's Zoom or Google Hangouts or GoToMeeting or WebEx, and there's also a lot of them. Um, but just some helpful tips are making sure if you're sharing your screen, all of your notifications are off so that something embarrassing doesn't pop up. Actually notice <laughs> I didn't turn off my email in the background. So if you've heard those beeps throughout this recording, that's probably why. So fail on me. Don't do as I <laughs> do as I do, but not as I do. Or do as I say, but not as I do. Um, but also double mute is a weird thing and that you can mute your web conferencing, but you can call in through your phone. And then when you're talking on your phone and your phone's unmuted, they can't actually hear you through the conferencing system. So I get on calls daily where someone's like, oh, I was double muted, I'm sorry. Um, so just realizing how you work the technology is really helpful. Um, and general rule of thumb, when you're on a video call, just mute yourself. Exactly. Initially, yeah. Right? yeah. So helpful, because you're gonna have distractions and things in the background. So if you're not talking, just know how to use your mute buttons regularly into them. And then everyone's, it's frustrating not having good technology. So just test your technology, make sure that you have good cell service where you are, good internet. Um, I typically call in on my cell phone because I can rely on that service a lot more than my Wi-Fi. And so if I'm on long calls that are really important, I'll use video conferencing and screen presentation for that. And then I'll call in on my cell phone and use my headphones for that. Um, but just know your technology, especially if you're out and about um, and you want to walk during a call and you're just listening, making sure that you have a good um, setup to do that. And I think uh, being for those who are in a position to be gracious with people, there's a learning curve for all of this. There's learning curves for 20 year olds, 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 60 year olds. Everybody's trying to do this right now, um, whether it's for work, for education, for discipleship. Uh, and, and that includes, we talked about integrity at the beginning, but there's also this aspect of reality that comes into what we're doing too. And um, you talked about at ATG, they talked about the reality where no one's working in the office, everyone's at home and there's known distractions. How can we as Christians actually use this time to not just see our coworkers as kind of like apps and productivity helpers, but actually as people in a time like this? It's definitely easy for me when I'm very focused and in the zone and I have to get this done and it's on my calendar. Uh, the con of that or something to be careful um, is to make sure that I'm not letting that agenda drive everything, but that I'm seeing people on the other side of the screen, whether that's my clients or my coworkers. So when I'm reaching out over IM system and saying, hey, how's your day going or how are the kids? Um, normally we'll share pictures back and forth. And even that one minute or 30 seconds just sets a different stage for the rest of the day. And if you're doing that multiple times a day, you're getting that personal connection. You're really able to engage with people and be like, how can I be praying for you today? Or like, what's going on in your life? Is your mom really struggling and you're worried she might not be able to get tested? For the virus or how is it working with your kids um how are they doing are you feeling a lot of guilt or working through some of those practical tips so just loving people well through this time and even it's an interesting time because everyone all over the world is dealing with this so if i'm calling someone in india and i'll call with them they're with this too so we have this connection of something we're sharing mutually and so i'd say lean into that and ask and talk about that or even clients i'll hear kids running in the background and um, that's okay. And so talk about that, like, or even seeing them on webcams is a joy, like, hey, here's my dog or here's my kid. They're just saying hi, they need a snack. Now they're going to go back. Um, but those personal connections, I think are really helpful and just make it um, not the isolation as much too, but also a way we get to care for people where they're struggling with something really hard that we are too. Yeah. And you had talked 
um, about even being aware of opportunities to pray for coworkers. I think this is one thing to maybe promote um, what Scott and I will talk about tomorrow that should be out later in the week with discipleship is this time has raised unique needs where everyone realized there's something lacking to just be from a, uh, a culture that was increasingly growing up on screen time. We're realizing that even screen time can't replace care and contact. And so uh, we as Christians in working from home, not only get to set an example of excellence, care and integrity in our work, but we actually can set a distinct trend in, in caring for people and acknowledging the humanity that's on the other side of the screens and the fears and the concerns and the worries and the weights and all of that, even just in small ways to say, hey, I feel that too, or I'll really be praying for you. Or if it's the context permits, actually take time and pray for them in that. And so it really is cool when we think about all the things the gospel changes, um, our call to make disciples, our, our call to proclaim the glory of God to the nations um, is just as true in times like this. And we just get to think more uniquely on what it is that's going on. Um, well, thank you so much, Jess, for taking time out of your day. We had a colored schedule block in your calendar. Um, and uh, we're glad you took time to do this. And we, we will be praying for you and for uh, you work at your work and you're caring for your grandparents in this time as you're down there. I know Stephen is not able to go down, not because he has a jerk of a boss, but because um, he's a little sick and didn't want to risk going down. So um, thank you and good luck. And uh, we will see you when you get back. Thanks, Jess.